So we just completed Aloha Week last week. We had a blast, and it was basically our way of giving you guys an opportunity to have a hard reset after a long, and for many of you, difficult semester. It was basically our way of providing you an opportunity to jumpstart your faith now that you're no longer in school for seven or 10 hours a day. Um, we highlighted each day of Aloha Week the, op the opportunities that we have for you guys, not just Aloha Week, but all summer, to engage with each other in the Lord. We had a crash pad type experience each day where we did something fun. Our first crash pad is on Wednesday where we will do something fun. We want to provide you guys opportunities to do life together, not just last week, but every week this summer. So come on Wednesdays. We highlighted the opportunity that we will facilitate on many Thursdays this summer called We Serve, where we will get out of ourselves and out of our comfort zone and we will serve others. We will make God's love known. And so we don't have one this Thursday, but we have them on several Thursdays this summer. So just know that that's coming up. We highlighted on Friday night, Upper Room, which is a student prayer and worship service led by students for students, where on any given week, when we have an Upper Room on Friday, if you have something that's weighing you down, or if you have something you want to celebrate, you come into this room from about seven to nine, and we pray together, and we worship together in the middle of the room, and it's organic, and it's awesome, and it's powerful, and that's available to you. We made sure you guys know that all summer we're going to continue to do art ministries and life hacks as we're doing one today. And of course, we have our Sunday opportunities to gather together and worship. There are all kinds of things for you guys to do this summer. And we also highlighted a recipe, the recipe, to ensure that you have a great summer. A summer where spending time with each other is a priority. You just need to pre-decide, I'm going to make it one. A summer where you highlight the priority of, I'm going to spend time with Jesus every day. A summer where you make it a priority to, once in a while at least, get outside. Go out into nature. If it's too hot, then go in the morning. But make sure that you don't just stare at a screen this summer, but get out into the wild a little bit, as it were. And because these things are important, particularly if I want a good summer, spending time with Jesus, really, if I want a good week, if I want a good day to spend some time with Jesus, every single day this week, we carved out about the first 20 minutes of every day to spend with the Lord. We talked to Jesus, we read the Bible, we prayed individually and together, and it just changed everything, as it always does, and it always will. Um, the main tool that we used, and the main tool that we use in the student ministry for quiet time, for personal devotion, for studying the Word, is the Seven Apples app. And so I want you guys to, as I mentioned before, go ahead and open that thing up. Now, if you don't have a device on you right now, or if you just don't want to download it or whatever, I've got prayer cards up here and in the back of the room, and you can just go grab a fistful real fast. But I'm going to invite about three of you up here in exchange for a ring pop. And I want to ask you, what's a card? What's one of the Seven Apples app scriptures that has spoken to you this year? Or I just like this picture. So if you've got the app open, or if you've got some prayer cards, and right now would be an appropriate time to grab some if you want some, um, what do you see on there? A card that just kind of leaps off the page at you. And I'm going to just tell you where the picture was taken and why the scripture is important. I need a couple volunteers. So anybody, Paige, hop up here real fast. Paige, what do you like about the app? What did you see? So I liked the See It Coming card for 1 Peter 4.12. So Kaylin's going to pull up 1 Peter 4. 
in the menu, and they're categorized in many ways, but the main one is books of the Bible. So he's going to go to 1 Peter, and he's going to look for the photograph of the fire right there, top your left. All right, so this is what Paige is looking at, and she likes see it coming. What leaps out at you at this, and why do you like it? Um, I like where it says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through, as if some strange were, something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials. Make your partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will be so you will have the, the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Because I have gone through a lot of tough things in my life, and this um, tells me that I should like overcome those fears mm. and the struggles of the hard things that I've gone through. Amen. Give it up for Paige. Let me talk about this card for a minute. Oh. So... Kaylin, scroll back up to the top of the scripture. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials. I'm a horrible memorizer of scripture, which is tough working at this church because our pastor is basically a genius with a photographic memory, and he was like, you need to memorize scripture, and I'm like, I'm terrible at it, but I, if I can take a photo or affix an image to a verse, have a much better time remembering the verse, and so if it's talking about fiery trials, I'm going to put a picture of a fire, which I took in my backyard when I was burning some stuff. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. You guys, you have had fiery trials this year. This card should speak to you, and it should encourage you to know. Don't be surprised if you've had a tough time. It literally happens to everyone. And with Jesus as your partner, know that if you have a fiery trial, it's not to tear you down. It's not to make you feel like a loser. It's to build you up and build perseverance, which is so important in the spiritual life. Now, Let's pretend, although I don't think we have to because Paige seemed legit that this spoke to her, that Paige has some friends that have also had fiery trials this year. She now has right there on her app or on one of the physical cards in her hand, a entire Bible study ready to roll through with the seven verbs of discipleship that you guys know so well and have walked through in every small group this year. These seven questions, these seven actions of what it means to be a healthy disciple, these seven benefits of being discipled, that you get to use your gifts, that you get to plant God's word, that you get to receive from the giver of every good thing, that you get to protect yourself, that you get to remove stumbling blocks. Paige knows how and has the tools to do it to facilitate a whole Bible study with a friend or friends, as do all of you with this free tool. And let's say Paige just feels convicted by this scripture or the heartbeat of its message personally. This is not just a Bible study tool for groups. It's for your own individual faith. You can sit down and have a quiet time, as I deeply and desperately encourage you to do every day this summer with this app. Each of those questions doesn't have to be a group question. It can just be a question for you. And when you type in your answers, they're saved on your device forever. So you type in your answers, and then you hit the star underneath the seven apple. And it puts in it your own personal favorites folder so that you can go back next week or a year from now and look at how this scripture spoke to you. So it's not just a tool for small groups. It's a tool for your own personal quiet times. And you don't have to carry around a Bible and a journal and a pen and a highlighter, although I do that because that's the way I like it. But you also have a digital tool where all those things are right in your pocket. Let me have one more volunteer. Emma, hop up here. Which card did you like? And why? Uh, oh, I know exactly what you got. You know what? Let me grab a mic just so we can capture 
what you're about to say. Okay, so I like to pursue fun, which is... It's Ecclesiastes, Kaylin, and it's a blue sky with carnival stuff in the foreground. If you've been to Galveston, you'll recognize it. It's a picture of Pleasure Pier that I took last summer. Why do you like it? Okay, so a few, like a month ago, mm -hmm. I was having a really hard time with God, and I was really struggling, and I was really depressed and really sad all the time. And I was talking to Justin about it. He was like, all right, well, we're going to pick a card out of all these cards, and you're going to see, like, if God can, like like help you. And so I read this card in tears because <laughs> it says that, do I have to read the whole thing? Just read the red part. So I recommend that you pursue joy for the best a person can do under the sun is to enjoy life. Eat, drink, and be happy. If this is your attitude, joy will carry you through all the hard work that God gives you under the sun. Well done. Take a seat. So obviously this prayer card is reminding us as we talked about at Aloha Week that God designed us for fun to enjoy life. And so we've got a picture of some fun stuff going on. And I remember the day that Emma came up to me and said, I am feeling, which means emotions, which means temporary, which means change. I am feeling low. I am feeling down. I am feeling like not much fun. And she just picked out of a stack of different cards this one where God says, I recommend that you pursue joy because life is hard and the best that a person can do under the sun is to enjoy life. It was the exact thing she needed to hear. She did break down and just wept, and we prayed, and I challenged her, which I didn't need to. The card does it for her. Pursue joy. If you are having a hard time and you're feeling low like you want to do nothing, do the opposite and pursue joy. The beautiful thing about, not the app, but the scriptures, is that our emotions are temporary. They're, they're finite. But God's word is true all day, every day. It's infinite. And so when we take our temporary emotions that really tend to push us around and we apply God's perspective, it changes everything, everything. So that's how the cards work. And that's how you can save your thoughts and go back and look at them. I want to walk you through just a couple other instances of how the app is useful and how you can search it. In the bottom left, this side, is an eyeglass, and you can just type in a keyword. If you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, you literally just type in suicide, and every card that deals with suicide is gonna populate. You just pick the one you like. Go to the main menu, Kalen. So, click off of that, click on the apple. Here's the menu. Minimize books of the Bible. There's all these other galleries, all these other categories. They're all the basic same 1,000 prayer cards that we've made, but they're categorized and sorted. So, cards for humanity. If you've ever played Cards Against Humanity, it's fun for a few minutes, but then you're just like, man, people are garbage. This is meant to kind of answer that. These are cards for humanity, and if you wrestle with arrogance or pride or depression, if you're having a hard time with your purity, well, impurity, Cards Against Impurity, there's 30 scripture cards in here that will directly minister to you and encourage you and give you things to do to combat temptation to have impure thoughts or to act on them. You can go back and you can look at cards that against unforgiveness. If you have someone in your life that you have not forgiven, do you know that that's a foothold for Satan himself to mess with you? And so when you click on it, there's all these beautiful pictures, but more importantly, when you click on them, these scriptures that will minister to you. This picture right here I took in Hawaii my last day on vacation two years ago. And God used this verse on that trip to remind me, Justin, God is leading you away from danger to a place free from distress, like what we see in the picture. He is setting your, best, your table with the best food, but you, Justin, are obsessed with whether the godless will be judged. 
when people hurt us? Aren't we obsessed that they get theirs? And God's like, that's not my way for you. My way is you just let it go and let me lead you away from that bitterness to a place that's free from distress. This scripture is like, I make these cards first and foremost for Jesus and me, but he uses them to minister to you too, and that's just such a blessing for me to know. All right, go back to the menu and let's make sure we're not missing anything else. Okay, let's say this card, we're gonna stick on this card, Kalen. Um, let's say I know Kalen is really mess, uh, wrestling with unforgiveness. A beautiful thing about this app is that you can hit the share button, and on the website, there's only four options, but on your phones, there's like, there's like 10. You can share this to your own social media page. You can share it to a friend's social media page. You can text it to a friend, and immediately they get the picture and the scripture. Let me give you an example of how that works. Uh, my father, as you know, is an alcoholic, and we don't talk very much. He only lives five miles down the road, but he doesn't answer his phone. He doesn't answer his door. I don't get to interact with him hardly at all. And so for the last several months, I have taken to communicating with him the only way that I really have. I text him a card a week with the scripture, and I just write a short prayer at the top that ties into the verse. And that is the only way that I really have available to me. But every time I do it, I just pray, God, use this. Speak to him. Use this truth to transform him. My ultimate prayer being, rescue him from alcoholism. But even more than that, please, Jesus, save his soul. If you have somebody in your life, that if you've seen a card, whether this morning or later today, that you're like, man, they need to know that. They need to see that. Or a card that's like, I need to remind myself of this. Share it. Send it out with just a personal note. Do you know that you have somebody in your life right now that if you just sent them a piece of scripture, that it would potentially change their whole eternity? And you got this tool in your pocket 24-7. So we encourage you guys, this is the tool God gave us. It's not my tool, it's our tool. Please use it. Maybe even now, during the service, you're like, I think I got a friend that could really use a word of encouragement. As I preach, look for a card and send it to him and see if something doesn't happen. All right, we're going to get into our talk. So I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony today, which will lead us all the way back to the app in a few minutes. Um, to be a student pastor of a church this large, it goes without saying that you might expect that the pastor has at least a college degree. Um, at least maybe a degree in seminary as well. My predecessors had not only degrees, but they also had masters of divinity degrees from Dallas Theological Seminary, which is like one of the top potential theological schools in America. Do I have any of these things? No, I do not. I don't even have a college degree. I'm not proud of it, but it's the reality. In fact, I keep in my office my little colored picture degree from kindergarten. I've got my kindergarten diploma on my desk as a reminder that I didn't earn my way into being a student pastor at this church or being your student pastor, but God did all of it. Um, what I do have going for me, backing me up, holding my ministry to a place where I can't take credit for, I'm just like, thank you, God, is every single day I spend some time with Jesus. I get alone with the word, I write out how I'm feeling, I ask him what I need, and then I just thank him for something, which is a beautiful recipe for prayer. Don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. You know what happens after you do that? God's peace will roll over you. And so I do that just about every single day. 
And sometimes it's a general prayer, and sometimes I get real specific. So that's what I've got going for me, and that's how I have arrived where I am in charge of this giant student ministry at a giant church that I can take no credit for. Now, is that a one-off story, or is it enough to establish your life that you just have some quiet time every day and do what it says? I think the latter. Acts chapter 4, a verse that is spoken so deeply to me, it's tattooed on my arm. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Nobody's. For they could see that Peter and John were ordinary men with no special training. And they also recognized that Peter and John were men who had been with Jesus. Here's the leaders of the first church, and their only credentials were they had spent time with God, and they spent time in the Word. Students, if you need boldness, if you want your identity, spend time with Jesus in the Scriptures. All right, let's look at another example of is it enough that I just spend time with the Lord in the Word? 1 John chapter 5. Loving God means keeping or obeying his commands, this book. And his commands are not a burden. They're not. They're easy, you guys. They're a blessing. Now listen what happens when you keep the commands in this book. Every child of God defeats this evil world when they keep my commands. Every child of God achieves victory through their faith when they obey the commands of this book. Who is the person that's conquering the world? It is the one who truly trusts that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Getting to know Jesus in Scripture means that you receive victory over temptation, over the evil world and the schemes of the enemy. Are you struggling with sin in any area of your life? Spend time in this book, and he will give you victory over your temptation. I guarantee it. Luke chapter 11, Jesus responded to the crowd, how blessed are those who hear or read God's message and then make God's message their way of life. That scripture just promised you that getting to know Jesus in scripture equals blessings, not worldly blessings, not necessarily stuff. Blessings from heaven, supernatural blessings, blessings that will never disappear or erode. Those are blessings you were made to receive. How do you receive them? Read this book and do what it says. Last one, Genesis, first book of the Bible, chapter 22. Through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you have obeyed my words. That's God promising Abraham, the father of our faith. I'm going to bless every nation, the whole world through you. Why? Because you read my words and you did them. And the same is true for you. Getting to know Jesus in scripture will increase. God himself will increase your influence in your homes, in your friendships, at your places of work, and in life. So what's God telling us? He's telling us this. If you want, student, if you need boldness, identity, victory over temptation, 
heavenly blessings, increased influence, spend time every day in God's word and do what it says. It is that simple. Now, I have not always lived my life that way, and you guys know this. When I was in high school, I did not read my Bible, I did not go to church, I didn't know Jesus, and I did not know myself. But I'm wired to ask those questions, who am I and why am I here, just like you. And so in high school, I decided I'm going to discover me, I'm going to make me, and so I invested all of myself into sports. I invested myself into soccer, and I was very good at it, and I invested myself in swimming, and I was all right at it. And so I decided I'm going to be an athlete. But there were other guys that played soccer with me, which were as good or better, so I didn't always get to start. There were definitely people on the swim team that were better than me, so I didn't always get to start. And so my idea to be an athlete was cut short a little bit, and so I was not satisfied in being just an athlete. And so I decided I'm going to be the best friend of this friend group that I can be. I decided I'm gonna find my identity in relationships and friendships. I'm gonna find my identity in knowing I'm part of this group. But friends, let us down sometimes, don't they? And don't we? And friends can turn on us, and friends can get upset at us, and we can get upset at friends. And so friendships, as rich and wonderful and biblical as they are, can hurt sometimes, and my friendships hurt me. I got betrayed by a couple friend groups in high school, as maybe you have too. And so I did not find my identity in there. In fact, I found some pain in there. And so then junior year, I decided I'm going to define myself and find my self-worth in a relationship, a romantic relationship. And I started dating somebody. And I gave my whole heart to this person in this relationship. And I decided she'll make me happy. She'll give me value. And then senior year, I received my heart back from this person in pieces like shattered, like devastated, like broke up with me in the hall with all my friends around in the most humiliating, devastating way. And even as a 43-year-old man who has had children and um, gone through miscarriage with my wife and like fought with my wife, like I've experienced life in hardship, getting dumped that day to this day is still one of the most horrible things I've ever been through. And Immediately after the next day, she started dating my best friend. It was brutal. And some of you have experienced some of those same things. I want you to ask so that you can get something personal out of today's sermon right now. Just between you and the Lord. What is the most painful thing that I've ever experienced? He wants to minister to you today in that part of your heart. He wants to speak some words of life and truth. Ask the Lord by faith right now, just you and him, what is the most painful thing that I've ever experienced? It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be that you got hurt and didn't know how to deal. It could be that you got dumped or that you dumped someone and realized it was a mistake. Like it could be anything, but just ask the Lord. And as you sense, it's this, own it, write it down because he wants to do some business with you today about it. Now, I don't know about you, but I had no idea how to handle the pain of that thing that happened to me when I was your age. And so my, res my response to getting just devastated like that was to do what many of you do. I just bottled it up. I tamped it down. I hid my feelings. Mistake number one. 
because doing that created bitterness in me, and that bitterness led to many, one after another, poor decisions. And you know what that's like. It's mistake number two. And then mistake number three was to kind of handle all of this, my initial pain, my subsequent pain, and then I'm just living in pain, I decided to start self-medicating, which we can do a thousand different ways. And I guarantee you're human like me. You got one, at least. My one was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get drunk. I'm going to drink. I'm going to drown my sorrow. I'm going to pretend I'm doing it to have fun with my friends and to connect, but I'm doing it because I hurt and I can't deal. And as a result, my senior year of high school, when I started drinking, would very quickly go from, I'm just doing this to get by and be cool with my friends and just hide my pain and nobody knows but me, to 10 years of daily getting drunk, I became an alcoholic. I couldn't deal with my pain, so I gave myself to drinking, and man, you guys, it took me, as it will take you. It is a dangerous self-medication, as are so many of the others. Now, I want you to remember where all of that started for me. I was looking for my identity. I was looking for my purpose. But I was asking the world to tell me who I was and not my maker, not Jesus. I was looking for my value in people and in things and not in Jesus. And so fast forward seven or eight years and I am an alcoholic. I'm such an alcoholic, I've never spoken it aloud to another soul and I've barely admitted it to myself. But I started going to a church, this church, Wood's Edge. And I went as a tourist. I was like, yeah, I can go to church on Sunday and feel good about myself for a few minutes. But the first time I walked in the door and heard the pastor preach, I was like, oh my gosh, I need that. I want that. I need that freedom. I need that joy. I need that peace. I have felt that way since before high school. And I started going to this church and I started to listen to sermons about Jesus. And I started to read this book about Jesus, and I started to learn there's power in the name of Jesus. And I finally had this aha moment that that's what I've been missing. That's what I've been needing. And so I invited Jesus into my heart the way you're supposed to, and I got baptized very quickly like you're supposed to. And I felt great for a couple weeks because that's where it stopped for me. I recognized I had a desire but I was unwilling to do what God was calling me to, which was to stop drinking, which was to stop living like a heathen. I received salvation from Jesus by faith, and I was saved, but I was unwilling to be a disciple, to put my faith in action. And so I felt good for a little bit, but then my bad behavior started to pile up, and the enemy was just like, hypocrite. That prayer meant nothing, and things actually got worse for me because I was unwilling to acknowledge Jesus as Lord, just Savior. And he's both. In fact, he's Lord and Savior. So I decided I need to quit drinking after a while of living this double-sided, two-faced life. So I tried to quit on Justin's power. You guys have been drinking for like eight years. I didn't have the power to quit. I would literally wake up in the morning and say, I'm not drinking today. And by five o'clock, I'd just be like, drinking. And then I realized my mistake. After trying that for a long time, wait a minute, I belong to Jesus Christ. There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. I need to ask him to help me quit drinking. And so one night, I remember it so clearly, I finally did what I should have done before. 
I said, Jesus, I know I don't have the power to quit drinking, but I totally know that you do. Please help me stop. And immediately, he gave me something to do, as he often does. He put it in my heart as clear as day, call someone and tell someone what you just said to me. And I'd never admitted to anyone that I was an alcoholic. And so I called my mentor, a pastor in my life, and I left him a voicemail at three in the morning. And all I said was, Charlie, I'm an alcoholic. I can't stop drinking. But I just asked God to rescue me, and he made it very clear I needed to confess my sin to someone, and so that's what I'm doing. Because I cannot fathom the idea of waking up tomorrow and not have somebody know how broken I am. Bye. Like, that was it. Awkward 3 a.m. confession. But the minute I hung up that phone, this peace washed over me from head to toe, and I laid down, and I fell asleep without getting drunk for the first time in years, and you guys, I slept like a baby. And when I woke up the next morning, that decade-long, uncontrollable desire to drink was completely gone. Gone. God himself just took it from me. It was nothing short of a miracle. And I, I just get chills telling you about it right now. It was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had. Thank you very much. And so, rescued from my sin and my alcoholism because God gave me a desire and I did something about it, that next week I was like, what else can I do with my faith? And I finally asked God the question I should have asked him way back when I was a junior in high school. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And in asking him that question, he answered in two parts. He told me what I wasn't, and he told me what I was. God, why am I here, and what's my purpose? And he said clearly to me, I just sensed it deep in my soul, you are not an alcoholic. And you have no idea how desperately I needed to hear that. He said, you are an artist, which I had never thought of myself as. Like, that's just too good. That's too cool. That's too awesome for me to even comprehend. And that's the voice of God when he says things to you that are so good you can barely believe it. But I believed it because I'd seen proof when he rescued me. And so him calling me an artist, did I just say thanks and sit down? No. I put my faith in action and I started making art. It was that week that I discovered that I had talent with a camera. I'd never known I'd never taken a class, but I took my camera, I went out into the woods, and I just started looking for Jesus through the lens, because he's everywhere in nature. And I started taking pictures, and the more I took, the more I was like, man, that makes me think of Ecclesiastes, and that makes me think of Romans chapter 1. And I started coupling pictures with scripture. And fast forward, and I've got an app that people are downloading all over the world as a tool to get to know Jesus through scripture coupled with pictures. And I don't say that to point at me, because it's his story. But I say it to point at you because it's your story. This tool that you have been using all year long is a result of just one person saying, Jesus, help me. And then he says, okay, do this. And you do it. And boom, blessings. So let's segue. Where does the desire to please God come from? It comes from the place it always comes from, acknowledging that you are broken acknowledging that I was broken. There is not a single perfect person in this room or on this planet, and there never has been except for Jesus. And we have to admit that as step one. I am a broken person. 
Step number two, where does the power to please God come from? From the one perfect person, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross to set us free from things we couldn't rescue ourselves from. The desire to please God comes from admitting we're broken, and the power to please God comes from the fact that we got a Savior who give, will give what we need. And so the last step is desire and do. So what do we do? Well, we just admit we're broken and then pray in the name of Jesus. It's that simple. And oftentimes he'll give us a little homework to take us the next step. And so that's what we're going to do real quick. Grab your prayer tags and a pen, and I'm going to walk you through three quick questions. And this is the part of the service that's most important. It's where you get to do business with Jesus. Question number one, and maybe think of it in terms of like the summer, this season. Jesus, where in me am I broken that you want to fix this summer? It can be for life. But he has something specific for you in the next couple months, this season, this summer. Jesus, where am I broken? Where am I hurting that you want to do a thing in me this summer? And if you're seeing a picture or if you're picturing a behavior or imagining an episode or a moment in time, he's talking, he's speaking, own it. And I know I got to get my porn problem under control. Man, I totally realize right now I've got to stop I got to start reading this book and doing what it says that's where I'm broken wherever he's speaking to you just own it question number two if you've got a problem if you've got some brokenness in front of you now ask in Jesus name for help it's such a beautiful thing to ask for help it means you can but I can't that's all I did that's all you need to do Jesus please help heal me here. Please help my brokenness be restored here. Just ask in the name of Jesus for help. He's been waiting for you to ask for help, so do it. Third question, last question. Jesus, what's one thing that I can do with my faith this summer? What's one thing I can do with my faith this summer? Maybe he's going to move you right now. He's giving you a picture of like, I need to serve. Maybe he's moving you right now. I need to use my gifts and talents to make something, create something, share something. What's one thing I can do with my faith this summer? And as it comes to you, like with some glee, own it. Write it down. Make a note to yourself. If you're writing, keep writing. But here's the summary. What is the result of reading God's word, of doing God's word, of being what this book says you are? Boldness, identity, victory over temptation, heavenly blessings, and increased influence just by reading this book and doing what it says. It's that simple and it is that profoundly powerful. I want to close today with an update on your student ministry and on our Bible study tool, the Seven Apples app. This is the celebratory part. This is the part that blows my mind. You guys know, and I've told you, that prophetic words have been spoken over this ministry. 
that the revival this church has been praying for for the past 25 years, it has been spoken multiple times over the years, would begin in the student ministry. And we're already seeing it. And an additional prophetic word spoken four or five years ago over this ministry was that the Woods Edge student ministry would do something that the whole world would hear about. You know, as I do, that Montgomery County, Texas, the county most of us live in, has the highest teen suicide rate of any county in Texas. That is an embarrassing statistic. And that suicide is the second leading cause for teenagers in America. That is an abominable, hellish statistic. And you know that we have felt led by God to attack the idea of self-harm and suicide, of living in depression and not doing anything about it, not asking for help for it. And we have attacked that through sermons, through our sermon series, The Gospel According to 21 Pilots, through our small groups, and through the Seven Apples app tool. And we have received national attention for just doing what God said. We've had an article about our ministry in the Houston Chronicle. The Rock and Roll magazine, second only to Rolling Stone Alt Press, wrote an article about how cool they thought it was that a student ministry was using music as a backdrop to point people to Jesus Christ and away from suicide. This is a magazine that has gone out of its way in the past to write damnable things. Is that a word? Sure it is. About Christians and Christianity, and here they are celebrating what you guys have been doing with your faith. And as a result, God did what he said he was going to do. He has increased our influence because you have been desiring and doing the will of God this year. Recently, in the last couple of months, we have been connected with a film company that has made a couple movies. And this film company is going to create, has already started filming an eight-part mini-series that will be released next year on Pure Flix and Amazon Prime. This is an eight-part mini-series that is targeting Montgomery County, Texas, and the mini-series is about a teenager who actually lives here, who is tempted to take their own life. And this mini-series will not do what other mini-series on different programming have done where they glorify suicide, but they will point to the solution, the rescue of Jesus when it comes to suicide. Absolutely, that's totally worth clapping for. This mini-series will be called Breaking Strongholds, and it will be released in 2020. This production company has heard by the providence of God how you and this student ministry have been attacking this subject, how we have been using the seven verbs of discipleship, how we've been using the gospel according to 21 Pilots, and how we've been using the Seven Apples app. And God has also impressed this film company with the 43 baptisms where you guys have stepped out in faith and did the will of the Lord in your clothes on regular bases on Sundays and Wednesdays, just deciding, I'm all in. They've heard about that. They've been impressed with that. And they want to point people to the good news after acknowledging the bad. 
They want to acknowledge brokennesses in our county, and then they want to point people to Jesus Christ. And they want to use you and this student ministry to do it. There's going to be an episode of this show where they have asked, and I have agreed, that they'll bring their main teen actor into this church building, and they will sit in one of our services, and they will film it. And afterward, he and I will sit down and discuss the Seven Apples app, and we will go to a prayer card, just like the Lord did with Emma. And this person in the movie will be so convicted by God that like many of you this semester will feel, I want to get baptized right now. And we will march out with him as we have all semester and baptize their character right there at the baptismal. And everyone in America that tunes in to watch this and beyond will see suicide is not the answer. It's Jesus Christ. And you guys acting out your faith have, are going to be like an integral part of that. I'm tearing up just thinking about it. I cannot understand how awesome God's promise to us, desire my will and do it, and I will increase your influence. You guys, you're living proof. And I think it's only appropriate that you give the Lord a round of applause. And so the only reason that we revisited the Seven Apples app is I want to encourage you now more than ever, because you and your ministry are about to be set on a pedestal in front of the nation. You've got to spend time with the Word. You've got to spend time with Jesus this summer. You've got to get strong. The enemy doesn't like it when people stand up for faith. And you need to remember the identity God spoke over all of us at Freedom Weekend. You as this ministry are a shepherd of fire. That means you go into the dark places with light. The fact that you are about to be highlighted and our app is going to be highlighted and our sermon series are about to be highlighted, that means that we are being thrust into the darkness. And so we need to steal ourselves up. And we need to do it for a second reason that comes from 1 Peter 3. Through thick and thin, good times and bad, keep your hearts at attention. In adoration before Jesus, be ready to speak up. And tell anyone who asks why and how you're living the life that you are. People will approach you in the coming year and say, isn't that your church? Isn't that the curriculum you use? And you need to be ready to answer them and point right back to Jesus. Yes, because we acknowledged we are broken people, but thank God for a Savior. I'm going to invite the band to come up, and we're going to respond to what we've heard. And I feel like the only appropriate thing for us to wrap up with is to say, thank you, Jesus. I want you to take your prayer cards and your pens and flip your prayer tag over. And I want you to ask God what he would have you say thank you for today. It might simply be that you're in the student ministry. It might simply be that, that he loves you. But maybe there's something specific that not only has he been doing for you, but he wants to do for you. And you just need to say thank you. You need to say a pre-thank you. I think it's pretty cool that we're going to be highlighted in a mini-series, but you guys, that is small potatoes compared to what he still wants to do through you personally, through you as a group. This is only the beginning if we keep desiring and doing what he wants for us. We've got all the power that we need. My testimony, this testimony we're talking about today, small potatoes compared to the potential I see in you. If you will ask, what do you want me to do? And just go do it.
every one of you in these seats, world changers, difference makers, shepherds of fire, lights in a dark world. This is only the beginning. So keep asking all summer, every day, God, what do you desire for me? How do you want me to do it? Take a few moments and just say thank you for whatever he's calling you to. Thank him for the opportunity to step out in faith. I'm gonna pray for us and then you can respond as you feel led. Jesus, who are we? What is our family that you would bless us so? We've done nothing to earn anything from you. Not our salvation, not our health, not increased influence, boldness, identity, blessings. They are gifts that you chose to give. And so may we receive them well, humbly. And may we use them well and humbly. Please prepare us to give a response the minute we're asked. And may it not point at us. And may it not point at an app. May it point solely at you because you are God, our creator, our rescuer, our salvation, our very best friend. We praise you and we thank you for choosing and loving us. May we be loved this summer like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.